growing up as a kid, we didn't have anime. We didn't have any of that stuff. We had G.I. Joe. We had war tanks. And we wanted to see Duke kick the crap out of Cobra Commander. And don't even get me started with Thundercats. I mean, there was nothing B.A. more than, you know, a guy holding a sword that was half man, half lion. And, uh, you know, he had a pretty cool crew. As a teenager, yeah, okay, fine, Mario Kart was pretty cool, but come on, nothing was better than a session of Call of Duty with your friends, or Halo, where you would take the sniper and get the headshot done, in and out, game over. Multiplayer back then was all about manliness, winning, conquer, and bragging rights. Ah, riding a bike to the local 7-Eleven, getting that Slurpee, getting that now later going, fun dip. Remember all of those good things? Yeah, but you know, we didn't have knee pads, elbow pads, or helmets. We understood falling and scraping the knee is part of the deal. Sadly, today we have boys growing up more like, you know, Kip. What? So come down here and see what happens to you. Such an idiot. Smooth is. I'll go get it. Jeez. So, you know, today we're raising a bunch of kips in this world. And what do kips do? They do not know how to deal with stress, disappointment, anxiety, and the fact that people don't like them. And so rather than changing and creating solutions in their life, they just cave in and repress and become bitter and become angry and demand that those outside of them respect how they feel. How we doing today? Yeah, I know. You're probably wondering. What's he got on, right? This, America, is a romper, okay? I saw them city boys wearing them and I was like, no, nah, they ain't going to beat me to the fashion punch. So I got me one, all right? So they found new heroes. Heroes that would tell them that paying attention how you feel and demanding others agree with how you feel is a solution. And these heroes, well, they're something special, aren't they? They've learned to identify something that is biologically impossible. And this is what we have learned to pass on to our children. And our public schools, well, don't worry. They'll do the job for you. They'll be more than happy to indoctrinate your kids. This week on The Patriot Collective, we discuss biblical masculinity. Stay tuned. All right, all right. So we're back another week. Thank you, fellas, for joining. Josh, Isaac, and uh, how was church this Sunday? Fantastic, actually. You yeah, know, another great service. Yeah, church was great. Uh, Bible study on Tuesday is fantastic. I'm really enjoying uh, the men's fellowship uh, on Tuesdays, looking at the uh, the life of Joseph. And uh, so it's been it's been really good, man. You know, God is good. Amen. Amen. How about you, Josh? Uh, we can't hear you. Uh, it's it's edifying, man. Uh, I just love this church. Uh, so right now, and and uh, I don't do anything during the week. They do like three or four weeks of break, and then they start the groups again. So I'm just kind of enjoying working on the house a little bit and stuff. Beautiful, 
Beautiful. Right, you got that chicken coop going, right? Yeah, with some chickens. chickens. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Chickens, yeah. You want me to go get a little chick? I could do I could do the podcast with a little chicken here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, why they're gonna poop on your shoulder? I'll get a napkin. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that's awesome. I can get a little chick too. Come here, honey. <laughs> oh. uh, I like that one. Nice, nice. All right. Well, today um, we're going to just open up in prayer and um, and just ask God really just do miracles, right? Because at the end, um, this is about glorifying God and, uh, and then making impact. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just ask that your spirit convict and pull and call people to yourselves, Lord. We ask that your son, Jesus Christ, is glorified and elevated above all things. And Lord, and see how this topic... Um, really does impact the world and it's going to impact generations to come lord we pray for our country we pray for the president and we pray for the real president um and we just pray lord that all things that you govern them well we thank you in jesus name amen, amen. and the, by the way the real president was trump so just in case people are wondering I mean, what does he mean by real president I don't know. Um, you don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I don't know. I'm gonna start with the aggression. Okay, let's kick. Uh, <laughs> let's kick Isaac out now. <laughs> all right, all right. So let's get started. So we are talking about um, biblical masculinity, and so we've seen a lot of these things. Just kind of had a little bit of, uh, you know, we touched on it lightly last week when we talked about the role of husbands, and right. there's been this surge, huge surge of personalities like andrew tate and um and other other men who are really just making the call to um to be manly and what that looks like and um and we're seeing these commercials about manliness and soap products and clothing lines that are really starting to push this idea of manliness but then there's this sort of opposite sort of force in the world and culture sure that is um pushing back right and um and they call it toxic masculinity and uh and that's all the craze now now so it's either we're hearing things about cisgendered and and patriarchy and you know and then the uh and then toxic masculinity and what i've seen is sometimes the toxic masculinity gets thrown in with biblical masculinity and sometimes they marry each other so i'm just gonna start off by asking um what's been your experience if any your exposure on what you think uh toxic masculinity and what you're hearing that is and what do you think that agenda is all about well i'll tell you this uh i knew that you were going to take this perspective and i was gonna wear my romper today and uh, <laughs> i feel like your toxic masculinity didn't allow me to wear my romper um so just i'm not happy about that let's go get it right um, now bro Cool. I'm gonna go get it. I'm gonna get the romper. Okay. You know? All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. There's a, there's a push out there. We see it. Um, it's interesting because, you know, I don't see it firsthand necessarily. I work in construction. Um, on top of that, I train in jujitsu. I'm around some solid brothers. Uh, um, what a man. You know, at at so I don't, I don't I don't experience it necessarily. Manly, but obviously, I'm not. I'm not. And in my church is is very balanced, very masculine. The pastor is very masculine. It's a good man of God. It's a beautiful thing. And, um, but obviously I'm not blind to what we see in the world. Right. And so if you go into any of the social media platforms, if you look at YouTube or Twitter or Instagram, you see this agenda pushed. Um, but 
you know, as a 39-year-old male, I'm not experiencing it directly, but I'll tell you who is, you know, my, my three children, uh, my, my two nieces, my nephew, uh, my little cousins, right? The ones who are in school, the ones who, uh, when you watch the uh, TikTok shorts or the YouTube shorts, you have the, uh, the, uh, the homosexual uh, teacher uh, who teaches second grade, who's uh, super excited about indoctrinating second graders um, to not be cisgender, right? And, and, to, and to talk about sexuality and, and things like that. So although I'm not experiencing it directly, uh, I know that I'm not their target market, right? Uh, for, for them, they want me just to sit back and shut up which I won't do, uh, but the influence that they're looking to uh, cast upon is uh, the youth, you know, um, specifically, you know, the boys who they're looking to feminize. And uh, it's, it's, it's a shame, you know, like I said, I don't see it in my life, but I see it in the lives of those who are younger around me, including my, my family members, my, my own children, you know, got to guard against it. Amen. Amen. I think if, if they call, uh, you know, toxic masculinity, the way we were raised by our parents, uh, I'm all for it, man, because I, I turned out okay. I, I'm messed up, but, you know, I'm, I'm not that bad. But everything that's going on with my kids, uh, thank God that my kids are out of high school already because um, mm. my wife is a teacher. And the stuff that, some of the stuff that she showed me, let me not talk too much. I don't want her to get fired. But some of the stuff, like just the magazines that she gets, the ridiculous stuff that, that you know, they're they're trying to, you know make the teachers teach it's 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 just insane man and I, I i feel bad because she stresses a lot and she's telling me i know there's gonna get to a point where i'm gonna get fired and you know i i hope she loves teaching you know she was born to be a teacher so i really pray to god that she doesn't get fired because i know how she's gonna take it but you know there's plenty of christian schools where she could go and teach but it's it's scary man I think you hit the nail on the head right there, bro. I think that right there is the is the problem with the church right now where we're not waking up. And, um, you know, we're the church right now is turned into just, you know, sit down, go to church, leave. And we're completely ignorant on how these things are going to start impacting us. Would you yeah. have thought two weeks ago that a trans person would walk into a school and shoot three kids and a, and a pastor and some employees inside of a church and then read a manifesto where many people are suggesting the same thing that we that they go on the offense of killing christians i would have never thought that i mean call me ignorant but to to walk into a school and kill so i think we're going to start seeing our lives change drastically in the next couple of years where people are losing their jobs more, where, you know, um, and, and, and people are just going to get killed. So I agree 100 percent. You know, so I, I ran across something that decided to kind of try to define what toxic masculinity is. And um, and.
How about now? Audio came back. We're good. Isaac left. All right. So uh, I think I think I found out what it was, but uh, I think we're we'll 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 go. I think it's that cutaway. Anyway, so I think he's gone. Yes, we got rid of him. <laughs> no, he's here. He's here. He's connecting. He's connecting. Come on, Isaac. Stop so, playing games. So so basically the the three core parts of this toxic masculinity was to be against uh, any type of feminism. Um, it would also have anything to do with strength and being against strength. And that was something that was huge. That was something that they play against because uh, they want to see us not strong. They want to see us uh, not do it. We hear you, Isaac. You're coming through. You can also uh, use the same link and connect. All right, hold on, Isaac. There you go. You're good. There thank you, go. you. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. Oh, I so we got rid of him. No, no, no. You didn't get rid of Isaac. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Almost. So the so the idea about toxic again. Let's get back here. Uh, to toxic masculinity. The idea is preaching against uh, strength, preaching against um, rejecting any form of feminism in in our boys. I, I would think the other thing is and it do with power and pursuing power is frowned upon. And I don't know if you see that in our culture and our generation where, where we're seeing this sort of pushback that power is bad and, 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 it, and it's coinciding oddly with the push for uh, communism, uh, socialism, Anything about power is bad. They call you fascist. Everything it makes you a fascist. Um, and so Ron DeSantis, duly elected, elected by his people, decides he's going to move fo some agendas forward, and they call him a fascist for it. But he was elected freely to actually enact these agendas that he has. So, um, so this this is sort of what they've rallied around and said this is what toxic max masculinity is. And so I, what I wanted to do is kind of point to some Bible verses and really go into um, how that, and you know what? Because then our audio is going to get cut again. So the first Bible verse that I'm going to read. Say, I think every time you put something up, cut yeah, yeah, it's going to cut it. So there's a, a Bible verse in Proverbs 24, 5. And if you're there at home and you have a Bible, pull it up. Proverbs 24, 5. It says, a wise man is full of strength. And a man of knowledge enhances his might. You see, if you're smart, you enhance your might. You enhance your strength. And he says before, by wise guidance, you can wage your war. And in abundance of counselors, there is victory. And so here's the point. The point is, if you're smart, you're going to enhance your strength. Because your strength can produce excellent results. Excellent results. Now, here's the thing. If you're Kip or Napoleon Dynamite... Ain't, ain't not, you're, you're not going to be able to produce a lot. Maybe you can write ligers and draw ligers all day long, but you're not going to be able to really uh, advance an agenda forward. So and so mental. I don't right? shame on me. <laughs> Woe is me. Woe is me. So, I mean, th th that's sort of like my idea of 
how it contrasts with the scriptures, what they call toxic masculinity. I think the scripture looks at it and says, no, nah, bro, we're not doing that. Like that, that's not a definition that uh, I think God's going to be able to hang with. Thoughts? You know, I'm reminded of a quote. There's a, a guy named Ed Cole. He's the founder of the Christian Men's Network. And he has this quote that I read in one of his books. It was uh, uh, being, it says, uh, manhood and Christ-likeness are synonyms. You know, manhood and Christ-likeness are synonyms, you know. So when we take a look at, at the definitions of toxic masculinity, what the culture is pushing, uh, really uh, the countercultural thing is Christ-likeness, right? That's what true manhood is, uh, for us to, to be like Christ, to follow Christ, uh, to take his example, to carry the cross, to sacrifice, um, you know. So I, I've always, uh, as I was listening to you, I was reminded of, of that quote, you know, manhood and Christ-likeness are synonyms, and I couldn't agree more. I think uh, the LGBT people, the, the people, the alphabet, they, they, they're using techniques that we've seen in the past, and it's where where they have to to call people something horrible, in order to justify what they're trying to push. You understand, uh, Joseph Vogel. It's he did it with the Jews. You understand, he was he was saying that they were lesser, you know, uh, and that's what we see. They're just giving these titles to 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 what's normal just to make it seem so horrible man and, and i think it's disgusting the way the way things are turning the way things are where you know we're mm. even being persecuted christians are being persecuted i just saw a video of a preacher getting arrested because he was preaching the word and people were saying that he you know he he hurt them you know and, and you know our words are hurting people like yeah. come on man it's hate speech josh get with the times yeah. God. It's hate speech. We've been hateful yeah. for 25 you know, years. We, but it's hate speech so long speak about, as uh, it's a, not against Christians. You know, if it's against Christians, it's it's yeah. free speech. You were saying well, Isaac, Isaac, about, like, Isaac, Isaac was going to say something. Yeah, no, I was going to say we speak about about nudge theory. You know, uh, we take a look at at the, the subtle inclinations that society is pushing upon us and. I remember we went to the movies, we saw Thor. Have you guys seen Thor Love and Thunder? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They they took one of the most manliest characters. They completely demasculated, emasculated him, <laughs> you know. Uh, he was trying to find – I mean, he's an eternal god, but now he's trying to find himself. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, 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 Jane Fonda <laughs> – she, you know, she had, uh, she had the, the the hammer. The hammer rejected Thor. I mean, he, they they completely destroyed that character. You know, you you can't even watch a movie anymore where where the man is the hero, um, especially on Disney Channel, right? Uh, the, 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 there's a new show coming out uh, that I wanted to check out, and I began to look at some of the previews. Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know if you guys saw the previous Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. You know, it looked like it was going to be epic, but when you watch it, you know. The barbarian is the woman. The guy is the dunce. You know, uh, they're weak. They need protecting. Need protecting from the woman. It's it's a complete push to turn our women into men, and to create a masculine sense within them and defeminize them, uh, while at the same time subjugating the man to feminization, right? So it's a it's a it's a switch in gender roles that is completely unbiblical, and it's all it's all with nudges now. 
is Thor Love and Thunder going to impact how I out my my worldview, how I look at the life? Uh, of course not. But my son is watching and my daughters are watching and my nieces are watching and my nephews are watching and my cousins are watching. Right. You know, they know what they're doing. They're impacting <coughs> the youth, you know, in such a way through entertainment, through music, through scholastics in order to nudge them little by little until it gets to the point where they think, well, yes, abortion is wrong and uh, power, you know, uh, seeking to have authority is wrong and, and you, know, you can't be racist against white people and, and all sorts of these weird ideas that, that they, they nudge and, and they implement and they sow seed and eventually that seed's gonna take root, you know, but it's, it's crazy if you take a look at what's happening right now. Amen. Amen. I agree 100%. One of the things that um, I want to make very clear here, because I can already hear the whispers in my ear um, radiating from my wife downstairs coming up here by saying there is toxic masculinity. There's absolutely toxic. Let me just say real quick. Sure. We're not saying that men cannot be toxic. Men can certainly be toxic, right? Abusive. Um again goes against the character of christ uh controlling goes against the character of christ the scripture says not to lord it over and so um uh, but when but understand that that that's not what when this when the society uses his words and this is this is where christians always go down the road because we want to moderate you know we want to we want to be perceived as understandable we we want to sort of make friends with the world and make friends and and we, we want to sound reasonable and so we give up ground let me give you an example when wokeness came out when wokeness came out the churches were like well yeah we're not for racism and and it was presented to the church like well it's racist you know and, and, and you need to be anti-racist and we didn't know so we were like well yeah we're we're not for racism and we wanted to be accommodating and we wanted to to sort of give ground and say, hey, look, we're good Christians. We're the cool ones. We're reasonable. And then what happened with wokeness? Well, it started to get defined more. And we found out wokeness meant right, anti-white. It meant, you know, anti-capitalism. It meant, it meant di different things that we were like, wait a minute. That's not what we signed up for. And this is the same thing with this term of to toxic masculinity. Because when you tell us, toxic masculinity means that men should not be abusive well we agree but that's not what this term is and we can't allow the world to continue sure. making us give ground so we can make them feel good and and convince the world we're reasonable so again let me share something and i'm gonna do it in a way that doesn't cut off our our feed but <laughs> this is this is the article right here just write it in a little piece of paper and put it <laughs> right tell me about it so this is what it is, toxic masculinity. And they talk about that, number one, it's really anything that shows men as being tough. Anything that shows men being anti-feminine, right? So, you know, when we tell our boys, hey, don't be feminine, like that that's toxic behavior or any type of power or ac acquiring of power. To them, that is toxic masculinity. And so that's a problem for me. That's a problem because at the end of the day, uh, it, it, it goes totally against the character of Christ. Any thoughts? If 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 that will affect us, I'm, how many times my dad told me, "Stop being a little girl," 
you know, my grandfather, my uncles. You understand? It's it's we have to we we have to understand that the way the, the way that some people describe things, especially in the you know the older people, you know, like us, our age. Uh, to me, for somebody to insult me, I, I don't know what they have to do, but man, the words uh, are, are a joke to me. I don't know where where this is getting, where where our words are so offensive. Like, oh, you know, if you say this, you're you're toxic. You know, a lot of I don't know if you guys seen uh, some of the videos, but they call women toxic too. You know, the the woman that cares about her husband is looking at the cell phone, they're toxic. So in the his, I think that's more Hispanic. So it's weird because the Hispanic use it against women, and, and in in the other, you know, in in the more American, they use it against men. But we have to we have to stop with this because uh, what what are we turning our kids into? It, it's like Isaac keeps on saying, you know, it's it's the women's are always the hero now jurassic world the last jurassic world that came out is the same the women are amazing they're saving everyone you know and and it's it's where are the men you know where are the you know the rambos with the guns yeah. the gi joes all this stuff what where is this gonna end and and we as men have to stand up uh it just continues going backwards where everybody is just letting it they just don't want to fight. Men don't want to fight. And, uh, you know, not everyone, but a lot of the men don't want to fight anymore. Amen. 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 So, you know, if you're watching live and you have a question or you want us to opinion on something, go ahead and type it in and wherever platform you're watching, we'd be able to see it. And then, um, and then we can comment. So if you have questions or something you kind of want to, um, you know, uh, put forward, please feel free to go ahead and put that in the chat. Um, Excellent. So, you know, the other this kind of leads us then to the next question, which is then if we've defined um, what is toxic masculinity from the world's perspective, then obviously the contrast to that is what is biblical masculinity? What is that? You know, what does that look like? We we talked a little bit last week where we're talking about husbands. To me, I see it in stages, you know, where, where you know, there's a single man, there's a husband, you know, there's a father. And and all those, uh, you know, there's different stages that we go through where, where you know, the, being a biblical man is about, you know. Uh, I, I have, I'm working with, with, you know, this young person and I keep on talking to him about the word of God. He's struggling with his family. He's going through a lot. And I tell him, man, you, you need to, first, you need to make sure that you have accepted Christ, that, that you are going to receive the gift of salvation from him because he's telling me, no, I'm telling to my, fr I'm talking to to my friends about God a little bit because of what you told me and all that stuff and I tell them that's the Holy Spirit convicting you okay and and you're ready man uh, come to church he's gonna go to church on Sunday and I'm, I'm excited man because I've been working with this Amen. kid for a few years I call him a kid man he's like I don't know 20 something I, I don't know when I became so old that uh, 20 year old are kids to me now but you know it's it's John 15 4 and 5 says abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me I am the vine you are the branches whoever abides in me and I in him he <clears throat> he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing you know, Jesus has to be the source of our manhood, you know, because if we don't rely on him, he's not going to do his work through us. 
you know, and he's the one that does everything. We have to be connected. I, I, this is the word I use. It's you have to be connected to Jesus. You know, um, on Galatians 5.16, he says, walk by the Spirit. We have to allow the Spirit to do a change in us. If we don't walk in the Spirit, again, it, it's we're, we're trying to rely on ourselves. We're trying to do everything ourselves. And that's not what being a biblical man is about. 1 Corinthians 16, I'm sorry, I have a lot of verses. You know, it says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith. Act like men. <laughs> talk, about, <laughs> talk about being toxic. Act like men. Yeah. You know, don't be a girly told, man. Don't be a girly man. Times, you know how many times I told my kids that? You know, and and uh, you know, they, you know, they're pretty manly. You know, they're pretty good. You know, be strong. Let all you do be done in love. Act like men. You know, it's we have to be courageous. You know, when the Bible describes that, you know, it's it, it's talking about courage. It's it's talking about standing up for ourselves. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw a few weeks ago in the NHL, they were doing a Pride Day and some of the NHL players, they they declined to, to go in practice. They were only doing it for like half an hour doing practice. And some of the Florida Panthers, the Stahl brothers, uh, uh, they, they didn't want to wear it. They're Christian. Uh, James Rayner, uh, I'm, hopefully I'm pronouncing his name right. But he said this, he said, in this specific instance, I am choosing not to endorse something that is counter to my personal convictions, which are based on the Bible, the highest authority in my life amen man talk about standing for what you believe you know of course the rainbow collective you know who they are i, I, yeah. can, I can't do a gay accent if now i will do it but then people will say i'm making fun of them but they said wearing a pride jersey or rainbow it's not about endorsing certain values or that you're gay what it is saying it's that you're welcome here and that your sport is welcome welcoming diverse backgrounds you see they are mixing they're mixing ethnicity with sexual preference now. You see, because to me, when he says diverse backgrounds, he's talking about blacks, you know, Hispanics, you know, Russians, other people. No, but now they're mixing their sexual preference with ethnicity. Like, like where, where does that come from? How come people accept this? It's, it's, you know, it, it just, it, it makes me crazy, man. Uh, on the video where Rainer did the interview, you see him that he's, he's, He's not angry. He's sad. You know, he's down. He's like, man, I can't believe that, I, you know, I'm talking about this, you know, because he knows the backlash that's going to come where he might even lose his job, you know, and, and that's where it's going to lead. There's going to be places like my wife, like I said earlier, my wife, it's going to lose her job, you know, when she doesn't want to teach. And, and thank God, you know, thank God that we're in Florida, that teachers are protected because of the Santas. But, you know, in other states, you know, there's going to be teachers, which we've seen it already, teachers that have, have gotten fired. You know, yeah. you know, my wife comes here and she prays for the kids. You know, this kid is going through this. Let's pray for him. You know, these other kids, you know, there's been countless times where we pray, you know, and, and I wish that she could go and she does this. You know, I, I hope I don't get her fired. But, you know, when, when she's in school, in class, she goes by the kids while they're doing homework and she touches them and she says she prays over them. You know, and she, she, if somebody sees her doing that, she's going to get fired. And, and that's sad. You know, First Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts honor Christ, their Lord as holy, as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. 
you know it, it they say we have to be tolerant you know we have to accept all their things but they don't accept ours you know imagine if the nfl will do a christian day Imagine if they make the prayers oh, where, God, where Jesus crucified, you know, <laughs> yeah, in their yeah. church. Or, you know, imagine if they. It's not going to happen, in, yeah. right? But we have to accept theirs, but they don't accept ours. Yeah, well, you know, you know, you said something that was really interesting, Josh. You said that to you, masculinity you viewed in stages, and that kind of triggered a thought on my end. For me, I start to think about you know what it means to be a man. May look like something different at every stage of our lives you know yeah. you know what what does it look like to be a man in your teens you know maybe that means showing goodwill to your people to to people who maybe are older to you you know maybe it's showing respect to your parents you know that's what a, a young man should be raised to look like right uh someone yeah. who who goes to youth group and helps other kids and 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 sort of pours into their lives and then as we go into adulthood that's gonna look a little different right we get educated we we do all these different things at, you know perhaps in our college years it means maybe being sober right and not participating in certain activities and 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 maybe it means being physically well and and then as we get older and get married a, a fatherhood starts coming into play and then that kind of looks different and so how we mirror that and respond to those opportunities is certainly going to make an impact. So I, I love what you said and how you kind of broke it down to stages. Isaac, you got something? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's interesting as he was speaking about the different phases uh, and as you were elaborating on it, um, I'm reminded of a quote by Douglas Wilson. He says, if boys don't know, excuse me, if boys don't learn, men won't know. If boys don't learn, men won't know. And so it's absolutely right. We have to begin to train our, our young men uh, at an early age, because if we don't train them, how will they know? I was raised uh, by a single mother. My father was in my life, you know, for the most part, but he lived in Florida, uh, left, you know, he had his own family in Florida. I stayed with my mother. We grew up in Brooklyn, New York, in pretty rough areas, being raised by a single mom. I didn't know what uh, a man was supposed to be. I got my first shaving tips from a drug dealer I knew. You know, he had a big full beard. I was growing a beard. I didn't know how to shave. I, I knew him, I asked him, you don't know. You know, you don't know what you don't know, right? You cannot be what you haven't seen, you know? And so it's so <laughs> vital that we begin to pour into the, to the youth, specifically young men. They're so inundated right now with an effeminate culture, a feminine church, uh, uh, television that's against them, right? Uh, a media that's against them. You know, we have to let them know that it's okay to stand firm. It's okay to be masculine. It's okay to pursue God in, in an upright way. It's okay to say what you mean and mean what you say. It's okay to be a person of conviction, a person of pride. It, these things are okay. It's okay to be tough that you would protect your wife and your children. It, it's okay. It's okay to know? say no. If, if men, <laughs> it's okay to say no. It's okay to not put the jersey on. It's okay. It's okay, you know. It's okay, you yeah. know. And so, yeah, if boys don't learn, men don't. Men won't know, you know. And so we yeah, have man. to do a good job or a better job. That's, you know, fathers, pastors, uh, uh, uncles, you know, uh, to 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 speak life into the young men. You know, this way, they can grow into something substantial in Christ. Amen. Yeah. In in First Corinthians eleven one, you know, Paul says, "Be imitators of me." 
as I am uh, as I am of Christ. You know, your kids will imitate you. Who are you imitating? Amen. And that's man. That that's you know. I have three kids, and and, and I, I I stress myself over things that I have no control over. You know, and sometimes I think, man, if my kids are in front of Jesus, you know, is Jesus going to tell them I never knew you, man? And that breaks my heart and and I'm rough on my kids, man. I'm always telling them, hey, you know, you have to work. No, you got to change your schedule. You got to go to church. You got to do this. You got I'm always telling them, especially regarding church, Amen. you know, it's, it's I'm on top of them because I don't want them. I don't want Jesus to tell them I never knew you. And that's, this is what men have to, the way they got to see their kids. You know, you have to instruct them. You got to be hard on them. You can't be soft on them. Yeah. You know, and because and, this is. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, let me just say, that's an important point because, you know, I heard someone say kids are on loan. They don't belong to us. They belong to God. Right. And so we're, we're just teachers for a moment. And if yeah. we're not teaching them for their eternal you know, for eternity, then we failed completely. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I love that. Uh, you know, one of the things that I kind of want y'all to think about and those in the audience and why we use, we call it Patriot Collective faith and things in the world and things that we're kind of dealing with in the world is, and I want you to understand this. There's a reason why the man is trying to re re be replaced by the government. There's a reason why someone can have five kids collect the check and a man is not necessary. And there's a reason why men leave the home and, and, and babies can still be fed. That creates a dependency. And as that creates a dependency on the government, the government becomes the husband. The government becomes the man. Mm. The government becomes the male role model. And, of course, we all know what the government is teaching our kids right now. I mean, we... We see it on the libraries where there's trans reading and, and all of these things that are happening. There's an effort to really um, go and push that agenda. So let me cut to a break really quick. And we come back. We're going to cover our last question. And, um, and, and you know, I think you're all going to be interested and in know um, what does the church need for masculinity? So we're going to cover that when we come back. Uh, and I'll be right back. Hey, Patriots, thanks so much for listening to our broadcast today. Can you do me a favor? Subscribe and follow us. You know, this is the only way that from a grassroots perspective, it's going to flourish and this podcast is going to be able to succeed. So I need your help. If you are on YouTube, subscribe, click like, hit the little bell so you can get notified. But we're also on some other platforms like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, any help to share and get this content out there would be so appreciated. Hey, another way you can help us is by going to patriotcollective.biz. Again, patriotcollective.biz. And from our website, you're going to be able to stream our program, learn a little bit about what we're trying to do here, and then also go to the merch store and really just support us. You know, every time you buy a hat, a cup, a shirt, anything like that, you're really helping us stay on the air longer, and you're helping us kind of just support some of that cost. There's also a section there that'll let you become a member, and that's just going to cost you $10 a month, and for $10 a month, you can secure our ability to provide more content. Again, thank you so much for your consideration. 
I am humbled that you're listening and you would take the time to just be a part of the collective. Thank you so much. Mission Clarkson. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was Reformation oh. Clock. All right. Isaac got cut off again. Isaac needs to upgrade his uh, internet connection. Isaac is still on dial-up, so you got to forget. Talk to his wife. I don't, to I don't him, know, man. Let him buy better internet. Maybe you got GG bits. Do you got GG bits? <laughs> All right. So our our last question. Oh, you're backstage again. Don't man. let him in. Don't let him in. That is hilarious. Hold on, guys. <laughs> let me see why this has Isaac backstage again. Let me see. Yeah, I, I think it was. I think it was predetermined that Isaac was backstage. <laughs> no, here, here we go. go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Uh, that's awesome. All right, all right. So let's go to our next question. Our last question of the evening. Uh, Hootie said, "I gotta get. I gotta get Xfinity Gigabit." He's right. I gotta yeah. switch up. I think gotta, AT&T is pretty good. I don't know. I love AT&T. Uh, but then again, maybe I'm biased because I worked for a cable company for so many years. <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed it. It's All right, weird. no more advertisements. Let's keep it <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, they're not paying us. Wait hey, a minute. Sponsors. Hey, we right. need sponsors. <laughs> AT&T, hear that? All right, so here's the next question. Why does the church need masculinity? Why do we need to have it in the church? Like, why is it vital? And, I, and again, I want to be very specific in the church. Why in the church yeah, absolutely. do we need to have a level of masculinity? Because women are taking yeah, over. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's toxic masculinity, Josh. Uh, <laughs> go, I say go. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you know, I'm, I'm, re I'm reminded of the verse that Josh quoted out of the 27 that he did quote. He took them all. Um, so I'm going to have to take some back, but you know, yeah, Josh I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to clip Josh's portion and just make it a, a podcast on its own. <laughs> oh, dude, podcast, I, I still, have, sermon, I still have like, like 10 more verses. Come on, hurry up, Isaac. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Save some. <laughs> Let the word of God speak. Not me. But, uh, you know, I'm reminded about first Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. It says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, right? And if you break that down, be watchful. Why, why, is it, why is biblical masculinity important, not only in the church, but in the home and in the culture, right? It, one, we're to be watchful, right? I'm reminded of the watchman on the wall, someone who's watching out for the dangers that's to come, the enemy who's going to attack. As men, as men, as husbands, that's our job, to be watchful, to keep an eye out, to guard the home, to guard the wife, to guard the children, right? What the children are watching is our responsibility. What our wife is uh, in, ingesting is our responsibility. You know, we should be diligent in managing all of these affairs, lest we be like Adam and say, hey, Lord, it was the woman you gave me. It's not my fault, right? Um, I was looking at some statistics, and I came across a book where it breaks down 15 reasons why dads are important, right? And so I'm not gonna name all 15, but just a couple here, right? When we talk about being watchful and the responsibility that the, the man, the biblical man plays, you know, as it relates to school achievement, 
the study shows, and this is regarding young boys specifically, um, that boys who have a father in their life from the third grade and beyond score higher on every level of achievement in every test and, and they achieve higher grades. On top of that, 71% of all high school dropouts come from a fatherless home or a father who's not involved. Suicides, uh, one of the main links to the majority of suicides that can be tracked is that most suicides of teens and children happen when a child doesn't have a male figure in their life, uh, whether it's at all or even consistently. And then homelessness, this one I didn't know, but 90% of all runaways and homeless teens come from a fatherless home. You know, All of these statistics right here show us why it's vital for us to be biblical men, to be watchful, right? He says also to stand firm in the faith, right? A man who is tossed to and fro, he's unstable in all of his ways, right? He's a danger to the home dynamic, right? He negatively impacts the church, right? He adds no Christian value to our nation, right? Whether it be because of sins of omission or sins of commission, right? The scripture says that we are to be steadfast, to stand firm, to be diligent in our faith, right? And if we want to make a real difference, we need to be immovable. We need to uh, stand with our Christian convictions. And then it says to be strong. And for me, that's interesting because every time I, I think of, uh, of a man, I talk to my children, I talk to uh, other young men, and I tell them, I think uh, that we should focus on three aspects of strength, the strong mind, right? Diligently studying the scriptures, reading biographies, reading books, not ingesting just video games or mindless TV shows, but we should strengthen our mind. We should strengthen our body. And, I, and by that, I, I do mean physical exercise. I mean, doing something that's out there, strengthen your mind, strengthen your body, but also strengthen your spirit. And that's the fellowship with believers. That's congregating with your church on Sunday. That's fellowshipping with other like-minded brothers who would never lead you astray, who would lead you to the scriptures, who would lead you to love your wife in a deeper level, right? To really surround yourself with good partners. Um, Amen. Strong mind, strong body, strong spirit. Uh, the, the last verse that, that comes to mind as it relates to strength that I think of, I was reading through the book of uh, Proverbs. My pastor gave me a book reading through Proverbs and Psalms, and this verse came up. And it's Proverbs 24.10. It says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. That's what it means to be strong, right? If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. But our job is to rescue those who are being taken away to death, to hold back those who are slumbering, uh, stumbling to the slaughter, whether that means standing for uh being pro-life whether that means standing at the door uh, uh for someone coming to do harm to your family or to a friend Amen. or or to your classmates you know we are to stand watch we are watchmen we're to stand firm stand diligent and be ready to make a move uh in the event that the lord will lead us to and uh our you know those who surround us require it amen amen you know one of the things that i start thinking about is you know and, and it just kind of skirts around everything you kind of already mentioned, Isaac. But, you know, when I think about why we need masculinity back in the church, I think of all the things that we confront in the church. I mean, the first thing we confront in the church, uh, we're, it's a clinic. You know, everyone in the church is a sin. Remember when Mark Driscoll says, we're all hypocrites and, and you're always welcomed, right? You're always welcomed. There's always one, yeah. one, uh, one more space for another hypocrite to join, right? And, and so the church, we're full of sick people. We have things that we're dealing with. The difference between us and those 
they're too busy pointing at us and going, oh, you're a bunch of hypocrites. And we're all like, yeah, I know. I'm trying to get better. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to let God transform me. But yeah, I think manliness right. and, and masculinity helps us deal with sin. And, and I think this is a big part of it sure. because there's a sort of non-emotional attachment when it comes to sin. There's a sort of regulating that we need to do and be able to examine ourselves and examine ourselves pretty harshly. You know, so when we think about righteousness and we think about holiness, there's a there's this sort of character. Um, God's character kind of comes through that and God abhors um, sin. He abhors rebellion and these lustful and sinful thoughts that we carry in the church. And so when we look at the, the plethora of these pastors that have fallen, you know, they they look great. They're chiseled. You know, they have their their um, you know uh, skinny jeans on. They all look the part. They all look cool. They look like they're part of a boy band. But but that masculinity factor is not there on how we deal with sin and how we deal with issues in our home. And I think that 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 begins to impact um, the effectiveness of the church. I also, I, you know, and again, just kind of juggling through my head and, and some of my experiences is how do we govern our home to point to Christ if we're not masculine? I mean, there is a time and place for everything, but I can't tell you enough um, how many times as a pastor that uh, I would see the children dictating to their parents what church they're going to go to. I mean, can you imagine giving the keys to your children to determine what church you're going to go to. Your kids are going to tell you the church they're going to go to, right? And so we acquiesce as parents. We're not going to go to a church that has doctrine, that teaches truly about God, that opens the Bible. We're going to choose the church that has a great youth program and a huge playground and, you know, and, and all of these things that, that aren't going to really make a, a difference in, in the life of our children or our home. And so they're, 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 the men need to be able to stand up and say, no, no, this is where we're going, and here's why. And I'm going to educate you, so here's why we're going to go that way. And it doesn't mean we have to be a jerk about it. It doesn't mean we have to be crass and we have to be – certainly gentleness is part of the fruit of the Spirit. But my point is that there is a need for men to stand up and say, hey, no, we're, we're not going in that direction because it's sinful. Or, hey, no, we're not going in that direction because it's against Scripture. Um, and, and again, like today, this perfect example. Today I'm sitting down on my couch, and my wife is looking at her Facebook account. And, and, and I think me and my wife are recovering uh, Facebook-holics of getting frustrated. So my wife puts her phone down. She's like, I'm just so done with the church. And I'm like, what? What do you mean you're so done with the church? And she's like, it's it's just, I'm just so done because on what on your right hand side, you have the crazies, right? And so, you know, you on the right on one hand side, you have the crazies, and 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 they're you know, everything's a demon, everything is something, you know, everything's a new prophecy, nothing is scripture, everything's inclination. And then and she's like, and on the other side, you know, um, Everybody is just like cold and callous and, and, you know, just sort of like not on point with the word of God. It's, it's showy, it's fake. And, um, and, and, and so when she said that to me, I'm like, you know, on both ends, on both ends, there is a failure of leadership on both ends. There's a failure of leadership 
and a failure, a failure of manly leadership to step in and say, this nonsense needs to stop. And so I wanted to add that part to, to just sort of that conversation. Josh, what you got? <sighs> Isaac stole my stuff. He steals my stuff. I steal his. <laughs> but man, it's, it's, we need strong men. We need strong pastors, you know, so they don't allow yeah. all these stuff to enter the church. All right. It's he, I don't know how to explain it, man, but it, it's so hard. I understand how hard it is to be a pastor. You know, you need to have a special heart. You need to make sure that, you know, everybody's happy. Everybody comes to you with your problems. I've never been a pastor. I've been a youth pastor and kids come to me a lot. I imagine you guys that were actual pastors of, of bigger churches, how, how much work it is and how hard it is. But man, imagine having even a bigger church and then you see people that are not happy and you try to please the people and 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 that's when when all this stuff that's when when you have to be strong where you have to be a man where you got to stand up against the world you cannot let the world enter the church because it's going to destroy it it's what we're seeing you know it's all these woke churches they're allowing anything and they're accepting everything they're tolerating everything anybody uh joel Osteen said one time that oh i'm happy that i have muslims in my church they're happy in my church man if you have a muslim in your church and he's happy you're not doing your job as a pastor because you have to tell him the truth you have to love him enough where you know where he's headed you know, if we are not loving enough to tell our neighbors that they're going to hell, you know, if you're not preaching that from the pulpit, what are we doing? You know, you're just amen. giving a motivational message. Yeah. No, man, you, you got to tell them in love. Amen. You know, it's I love you enough where I don't want to see you go to hell. Amen. And amen. that's preach it. it. It's simple. It, it's man, yeah. preach the word of God. You know, in context, now all these out of context stuff, preach it in context and preach it with love. Amen. Amen. Preach it, man. man. I, got, the... I got a doorbell and I got applause. What yeah. am I getting? Am I getting a prize? You're going to you get a prize, me, bro. You're going to buy me ice cream I'm, or something. I'm sending you beef jerky overnight. All right. Oh, so here, <laughs> so yeah. here, I, I love know. that. I love that. Go ahead, Isaac. I was just going to say, uh, just piggybacking off of what Josh is saying, when we speak about masculinity, you know, I talk to one of my close friends, Chris, all the time. And, you know, he has a family. I have a family. We've known each other for over 20 years. And, and often we joke around about the, the heaviness of the burden of the man, right? And, and we joke about it, but it's a real thing, right? Uh, specifically, men are, especially a, a man of God, right? We're called to be worshipers. We're called to be disciples we're called to be witnesses we're called to be husbands we're called to be fathers leaders providers protectors i mean it's just a mountain of things that we're called to be and it can be overwhelming overbearing um with all the pushback that we receive maybe we're not getting uh the the assistance that we need from our partner from our wives from our children uh things aren't going the way that we want them to go and and it, the pressure is on us but I'll tell you this, with all of the things that God calls us to be as men, God wouldn't give us a command to follow if he wouldn't give us the ability to see it through. Amen. You know, so Amen. I, I love that, that. With, with, with everything that we're speaking about here, um, you know, it, it might sound heady. It might sound like, wow, there's a lot that I got to do, or maybe I have a lot of catching up to do. And I know I'm guilty. I have a lot of catching up to do. And by God's grace, 
he will empower me to do so, right? So yeah, you do. God wouldn't give us a command that, yay, God wouldn't give us a command that he wouldn't uh, give us the power and ability through his spirit to follow through. So Huddy says, are the men in the church, uh, he says, are the men in the church that we are seeing being led, led astray, truly tapped into God's power through his Holy Spirit and studying the word of God? studying the word that is God. Amen. I, I, I agree a hundred percent. Right. And, and I think that's the question. I think that's the question because if God is not the one providing power, you know, the promise of the new covenant is that the Holy spirit will raise us from the dead, the way, the way Christ was, and he will provide power to our bodies. He yes. would actually give us manifested right. powers to our body. And so then the question is, what is that power? that is manifesting in our bodies. And what I mean is when we say bodies, understand in the Greek, the body was the whole person. Okay. There's sarks flesh, and then there's a body like the form. And so when we talk about the body of the person, we're talking about the whole individual. And so the question is who is, who is empowering that body? And if it isn't the Holy spirit, then who is it? And that is, I think the quintessential issue that we're trying to grapple with today because uh the and josh you hit the nail on the head on this one you said that we're allowing that influence to come into the church and again i'm just going to share this experience i went to a church and i thought it was great they their mission statement read beautifully it was beautiful but it was in in their uh practicing their faith right and, and their ecclesiology where you got to see funny things that you know one person told me well you know if there was a white person and a black person and um and there was a white person who sang really well gifted you can see god gave them the gift but there was a black person who wanted to sing but clearly didn't show gifting for it i'm gonna bring the white person down and elevate uh the black person because we need to appear to the public as being equitable and and, and again i get it I get the idea behind that, but that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit distributes the gifts as he wills, right? So he's going to distribute talent and gifts to exercise in the church if he wants. So these are all things that we have to be very, very cautious on that. First, uh, first Corinthians um, nine, you know, when he talks about winning the race, that's what we got to do. And, and what you what you just said about, you know, giving the black person the, the job, the opportunity, uh, that is wrong. You know, that's giving everybody a trophy. You know, we, we put to work the person that's the most qualified. That's it. You don't have to put someone, you know, gay, you know, because they're going to be sad or, you know, because I want I want my choir to look colorful. You know, if, if, if they're not as talented, I would prefer to put the most talented person in there. You see, for, for everything, you know, to speak, I will put Isaac. He's amazing, you know. I want him to adopt me, too. He's a great father, you know. But, I, I, uh, you know, I want the most qualified person to be in charge. This, this stuff of giving everybody the, the trophy and stuff is just damaging so much. You know, we got it. We got to run to win the race. We're not. Yep. We're, we don't want to run and and get a trophy second, third place. I want to be first on everything. Well, and that's Josh, also what we missed. You hit the deal again on the head here because here's the problem. I'm if the you, winner. You're the I winner, bro. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Knock out. <laughs> Let's go. But if you had, if you think about it, if there is a person, 
you you want to be first place. We want everyone to be first place. But if you plug someone in that doesn't have a gifting or doesn't have the ability and they go into a function, they're never going to be first place. As a matter of fact, you're doing them damage because God has uniquely gifted that individual with talents that they're going to excel in. As a matter of fact, uh, Corinthians actually goes into God giving you faith to function within a gifting. And so if you put him in the wrong place or you try to utilize him based off his skin color, you actually do him a disservice or her a disservice by by putting them in a function that they cannot function. They're going to get frustrated. Yeah. And let, let me add this, too. It's every single person under the Holy Spirit. It's going to be first at something. OK, we all we're part of a body. We, we're all different parts. You're not going to be the best speaker. Okay, but you might be the best, you know, person that's going to encourage others. You're going to be, you know, the best at taking care of the kids. You're going to be the best at cleaning a toilet. Okay, we're all part of a body. We're, we're not all uh, going to speak amazing. We're not all going to bring people to tears with our speech. All right. But we're all first if we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. To, to take over because it's all through him. You know, he does the work through us, but it's it's all him. It's not us. Amen. Amen. I love that. that that's wisdom Amen. right there. That's beautiful wisdom Amen. right there. And I'm, to the tie it up, I'm the oldest. I bring the wisdom. <laughs> well, that is, well, I look the oldest. But anyways, here's the point. <laughs> I look and, the and, youngest. <laughs> right? <laughs> to tie this all back in to masculinity because that is exactly what masculinity is, right? Male, uh, biblical masculinity within the man is we want to be first. You know, we, we, we want to, and what I mean by that is we, we, we want to be the most fruitful for God. We want to be like, we want to give the most fruit honoring God as possible. And if we don't have that drive, something's wrong. Yeah. Something is absolutely wrong. You have something to say, Ice? No. Okay. No, no. I'm just in agreement. Just oh, in agreement okay. with you. Okay. I should you speak, know. man. Come on. You always uh, talk more than everyone. It, no, a, I mean, no, I it's think, a triangle think, in his head. I think. I think you're. Yeah. No, it's my Baja. You know, that's where I train. It's Illuminati. Illuminati. That's all my my jidokas and jujitsu. Yeah. No. No. None of that. No. No triangles. No. But, oh, okay. Um, okay. No, I think. I, I think it's important. I think it's important just to, to make a stipulation here. What we're not saying is that there is a level of perfection that we might we have to obtain. Right. Obviously, there are levels of struggles that each of us walk through. Right. And so and so there are these requirements that God gives us through his word. And by the indwelling of his Holy Spirit, we can accomplish those things. Amen. But as you know, sanctification and growth is all progressive. Right. And so we can't expect that we're going to have it all today. You understand? Uh, at the end of the day. Um, the goal is to continue to walk in long obedience for the rest of our lives, progressively growing in Christ every day, dedicated to his word and dwelt by his Holy Spirit and moved by his power. You know, and so if, if you don't have it all together, that's OK. Keep pressing forward. Right. Amen. And if you fall, that's OK. Get back up and keep moving forward. You know, it's like the old Rocky line. Right. It doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down. It matters how many times you get you back get up. up. So, keep getting back up, keep pressing forward. And, and, you know, we don't do it by our own strength, right. But by his might, and his will and his power Amen. and his purpose. Yes. So Amen. keep pressing forward. Amen. Amen. Yo, so, you know, we're going to tie this all in now. And so we're going to end it here, but let me, before we end this conversation, it's already going over an hour. I want you to listen. Um, 
because this is so important. If you're a man out there and, and, and you've been listening and you're like feeling that, that gut, like, you know what? I, I am belittled, you know, whether it's in my home or in society or at work or uh, I'm constantly questioned. You know, uh, I feel that pressure where, um, you know, I can't lead. I, you know, my natural instinct is to lead and help. Uh, listen, first thing, understand this. You know, God has called you and uniquely created you to lead. Amen. Listen, you were called by your creator. And when he wrote you in scripture and when he formed you, right, when he uh, conceived your you as an idea, as a man, as a species, he created you as a leader. Don't let the world and don't let anyone tell you that you're not the leader. And that doesn't mean that we're not per, you know, that we're perfect or that we have it all together. Nobody has it all together. We're all going to have these inconsistencies. And some of us are going to have these things where, man, you know, we, we're, we do it great for three or four months and then we may fall. But the whole point is like Isis is to get back up. Right. And the calling of God is constantly progressive. So I want to pray with you and for you. If you're a man and you're like, man, you know what? I'm just not leading in my home, you know? And, and I, I, you know, I'm just not leading at work. I'm not leading in my church. I, I'm just, I, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Um, let us pray for you. And, um, and again, if you have more questions about this and you, and you want a one-on-one -on -one type of prayer situation or a phone call or something, you need, you need some support. Feel free to give us an email, send us an email info at patriotcollected.biz and we'll, we'll be happy to, to reach out to you. But let us pray with you and come into agreement with us and, and, and ask God to reveal to you just some of the things. But before you do and before you click offline and we're done praying, the number one thing you're going to need after prayer is you need to find a church that's going to support this effort. Because there's no point that you feel this way and you receive ministering from the spirit and then you go to some woke church where they tell you you're being toxic. It's just not conducive to your growth. Amen. So if you're, if those words are being flown around, get up, leave that church and go find a church that believes in God's plan and vision for men. Amen. Let's pray. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come against every principality and worldly influence on the men of the United States of America and the men that are in the church. We come against it now with our power, not with our confession, there's no power in those two things, Lord. There's power in your word and there's power in you. And so, Lord, we rely and we stand against and we stand firm against the enemy, Lord. We stand firm against the enemy, enemy holding to what you say we are. And so, Father, we ask you that you strengthen the men with your word, that you convict them, that you call them, that you embolden them. And more importantly, Lord, that you impart life. Father, if there's someone here who doesn't know you, they're religious. Maybe they've gone to church a couple of times, but there's just a sense of, man, there has to be something more in his life. I pray that they understand who Jesus Christ is, that he came, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, resurrected, Lord, and is offering to give his righteousness over to them and take their sin away. And if you believe that and you confess that, and you talk to God about that, and you walk when you say, I believe Jesus took my sin away, then, friend, you just received the Lord in your life. Amen. Amen. Father, we pray Amen. in Jesus' name. We thank you. Amen.
Amen. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. Amen. Again, please go to patriotcollective.biz, support us, click like, share this broadcast, because it's the only way we're going to be able to succeed uh, in getting this, and we will be back again next week. Thank you, Joshua and Isaac, for being a regular and um, partaking. God bless you guys.